The pickleball chicks are obsessed with America's fastest growing sport, pickleball. Get ready for on and off the court hot topics, lots of laughs, cocktails and champagne with your hosts, Annie and Rebecca. I'm Rebecca. I'm Annie. And we're, and we're the Pickleball, pickleball chicks. chicks! Hey, guess what? What? One year anniversary Ooh. for the Pickleball Chicks! You know what? And we're awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Cheers! Cheers! And speaking of, mm. we want to give a shout out to Ron, our super fabulous mixologist. And we've mm. got our drinks already. And got to tell you what it is. Empress. We are going to start out with this cool Empress Indigo Gin. Now, I don't know if you know this, but it's got butterfly pea flower in it. Mm. And Annie, I knew you would love this one because it makes your skin glow. Mm. It makes high blood pressure, which neither of us have, um, go lower. <laughs> collagen. Tell me more. Tell me more. Collagen. <laughs> it makes collagen. Reduces stress and anxiety. Ooh. Boosts immunity. Okay. Oh my God. What else does it do? I mean, what, what else do we need? Well, I think you said it boosts your metabolism. Oh my God. Yes. It's everything every girl wants. Oh my God. Drink up buttercup. Ron was thinking of us today. Okay. Okay. Put, uh, we put all that together and Ron has a video, so you'll see him doing his thing. Got that sunrise. Sunset. Could be really either. So mm. pretty. I love I it. So cheers to one year with my cheers. good friend. I hope we're making a difference in the pickleball community in the world of pickleball. I sure hope so as well. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Mm. So word of the day, speaking of the pickleball world and community. Well, it is three letters. We're changing it up today. <laughs> I love it. M-L-P. And our drink of the day, our word of the day, everybody get their drinks. If you don't make one of ours, make one that you love. Yes. And drink whenever you hear the word of the day. Mm -hmm. And now on to our spectacular guest, Dr. C from MLP, chiropractic team, medical team for our pickleball pros. Mm -hmm. Dr. C, the pickleball doc. Yes. Okay. Welcome to our guest, Cynthia What's her last name? Bakara. Bakara. Yeah, well, Brennan, very nicely done. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here. She just finished up her MLP stint down in Atlanta, keeping all the pickleball pros rocking and ready to go. Physically, if there was any injuries, they were following her around. So she did an awesome job. And man, I've done cupping before, but I was unaware of dynamic cupping. You guys are going to want to stay tuned and listen to the whole episode because she's got some amazing stuff that she has done. Mm -hmm. So welcome, Dr. C. Thank you, Andy. Happy to be here. And so we want to know just a little bit about your background in the road that you came to find pickleball. Oh, you know, it, it's very interesting. I think I am a COVID pickleball baby, like most people, <laughs> you know, I practiced uh, chiropractic for, you know, 35 years. And 
Uh, we had lived in San Diego, then uh, sold our practice and retired in 2006 and then moved up to Orange County. And then uh, we decided we we're going to go back into practice because you just can't stay away from helping people. It just doesn't last long. So we went back into practice. And then when COVID hit, we were already kind of semi-retired and I was doing some other kind of consulting work. And so we decided to just close the office and we live at the beach and we couldn't even go to the beach like most people, but oddly and delightfully enough, you could go to the pickleball courts. And so my kids and I, <laughs> I know it was awesome. Like, Crazier were, things have happened, right? <laughs> perfect storm, honestly. Well, not storm is not the right word, but a, a perfect synergy. Um, and so I turns out that there's a court right behind my house. So I started going there and, uh, you know, just loved it and did the same thing that most people do with pickleball is you, you find it and you're like, oh, this is really fun. Oh, this <laughs> reminds me when I play tennis or racquetball or badminton. And then I'm going to go once a week and then I'm going to go, I really like it. I'm going to go again. And I'm going to go again. <laughs> it's like this hockey stick of whoosh. And uh, that's what happened with me. And I was, you know, going and cruising. And, you know, I had played tennis for about five years when I was young, 10 to 15. And my body remembered how to wail on a ball. So I'm thinking I'm all like sassy. It's <laughs> certainly going to ask me to be a pro any day. <laughs> and then I started, you know, hurting myself. And I started, you know, it was a groin and then it was a low back. And then, you know, I really blew out my knee. And so, you know, over the last couple of years, it's been like six months worth of time trying to get my knee working. So I thought I really needed to handle this for myself because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my senior pro um, experience is certainly down the drain. <laughs> that was never going to happen. But, you know, in my <laughs> I think we both thought that we were going to be there, too. <laughs> totally, totally. I can, I can do this. And also, you know. I, I'm married to an athlete. My husband has been in, in several Olympics. So both my kids rode D1. So I'm like, okay, I'm athletic, but now I'm going to be an athlete. Yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah. said, what did your kids play in sports at D1? Uh, they, they both, my husband is 6'8", and I'm 5'9". And so I have giants. I, I am the smallest of, a, of the land of the giants. So my daughter's 6'2", my, my son's 6'7". So they both rode uh, up at Berkeley. And, um, you know, got them into school, but rowing is very hard on the body. So we told them to stop. <laughs> it was a bad idea. Oh. It worked out with the plan work, let's put it that way. Without mm -hmm. too much uh, ancillary damage. And they, and they really enjoyed it. But um, it's tough. It's tough on your body. Yeah. I bet it is. Yeah. You know, I love what you said. So your husband's an athlete. Your children are athletes. And now you're on the pickleball court. And you're an athlete. And you're the top athlete. Yes. And you know, <laughs> I have to tell you that, you know, us moms, as we're playing out there in the pickleball courts, my son is friends with the lady that we recently started playing with, now becoming a friend. Mm -hmm. And her son said to me, my mom says she's pretty good. Is she? And I said, she is. And Xander said, my son said, my mom says she's pretty good as well. <laughs> we're athletes now. Such athletes, yeah. Well, you know, honestly, that is the problem that happens with pickleball is that we are athletic. We do things. We do yoga. We, you know, I did some running. I, I live near the beach. I was jogging on lightly. Jog is really an ambitious term. I, I, you know, scampered a little bit faster than walking on the beach. Um, you know, and 
so we think we're athletic, but pickleball, the forces going through a body and pickleball are so different than most of us have ever experienced unless we were basketball players or we had been continuing to play tennis up until the moment that we switched into pickleball. And so that's what gets us in trouble. Oh. And I feel like uh, I should be able to play anything well at 300% and like I did when I was 20. Absolutely. Why not? What could go wrong? Right. <laughs> so I go out there. And, and I too had a knee injury. So that's interesting. I'll have to hear more about your knee injury. But what yeah. we really want to find out is in Atlanta, what was, and in general really, but Atlanta, in Atlanta, what was the most common injury that you saw there? At the MLP? Yes. Oh, MLP. Wait a minute. MLP? oh my gosh. Oh, with the well, Dr. C to Dr. C from the MLP. Drinking the Ooh. Empress, that is delicious. Delicious grapefruit. Delicious, yes, yes, indeedy. Okay, so you take it away, Dr. C, and let us know. I'm gonna just guess what you saw at MLP, you make a guess too, um, mm -hmm. is shoulder. Mm. That's a good one. I'm gonna say more with the foot. Oh, you little stinker. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Because I think she said that one of her podcasts. Oh, well, because I have I have foot oh, things, yeah. so I always and think. See, foot. I didn't even say me. Well, you're both right. You know, we see we see a variety of injuries. But when I calculate the number of treatments and treatments is a little bit different than um, recurrence of injuries, because treatment, sometimes one single athlete will come in three or four or five or six times because they've got a really acute thing going on. And it's a you know, it's a four day experience for some of them. And when we do the, the season end, it's a five day experience. So um, we saw mostly hip. Like in, and by hip, I mean kind of like SI joint and also tight hip flexors, psoas, iliacus, like an iliopsoas kind of complex. So that's where we see the most of. And because I've been working with these athletes for a long time um, in the group, and just to just to point out, it is a team. I'm, I am I am really lucky to be part of MLP. It's honestly my the best job in the world. And we do have a team with uh, HSS. Um, and so we, I, but I provide the chiropractic, so they're used to coming to me. So I, I do more than half of the adjustments, you know, or treatments are getting adjusted. So it's kind of like a general tune-up um, sure. for optimization and uh, accelerated performance. And then from a treatment standpoint, it goes hips, um, shoulders, and knees. Hips, so, shoulders, yes. and knees. Hips and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, knees and toes. Now, tell, tell me this. Now, I know that in your body, everything is connected. And so when we have something, let's say a knee, let's use that for an example. Uh, I know it's never usually your actual knee. It is some other source. And what do you find... As even for you, if you have knee pain or an injury, what is the true source? Where does that usually, what's the most frequent reason that you have knee pain? Well, you got to think, were you going to say something, Annie? No, I was going to go like this. I just want to make sure that she can be heard. She's too sexy for this show. <laughs> well, there's three pretty ladies in this podcast today. 
Okay. Um, so, so yes, anytime you have a problem with a joint, you always want to look what we call upstream and downstream because, you know, the joints, some are supposed to be a little bit more stable and some are supposed to be a little bit more uh, mobile with a greater range of motion. So lots of times with knees, you're always going to want to look for ankle mobility and hip mobility. The ankle and the hip are, the, are much more mobile, you know, greater range of motion and fluidity than a knee. It's a knee is kind of more like a, a very uh, specific hinge joint. But, you know, in pickleball, lots of times the the so-called knee problem isn't really a knee. It's a lateral hamstring. And that's what happened with me and what happens with a lot of people because there is this lateral movement that we don't actually do in, in most sports. And certainly, even if we played tennis, certainly not to the um, frequency and kind of ballistic nature that we stop, start sideways uh, and back and forth in pickleball. So if our booties and even even though it's a hamstring issue, it's a hamstring pull that causes the lateral knee pain. It is, it begins because our, our booty is kind of deactivated because we sit all day long. And that, that lateral booty oh. is supposed to tighten up and help with that lateral stability along that iliotibial band and, you know, make that strong so that when you, when you're standing here and you kind of go out to the right for a forehand, it's a quick like shunk. And that's how I hurt my knee because it was getting tight. And I was like, oh, one more game. What? Come on now. Come, I come know. On, one it. more, throw yourself to the floor and get that one pickleball. And it was one quick boom. And I just uh, really uh, tore my hamstring, lateral hamstring. And it attaches, the end of it attaches right to the outside of your knee kind of uh, at the top part of your calf. So it feels like it's a knee problem. But over time, if you don't fix it, it actually can become an internal derangement on the knee. So it can become a knee problem. Yeah. That is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. During ladder league, sometimes you have a bye, so you cool down. Yes. And several months ago, I had a bye after playing many games, cooled down. I got back on the court for the last game. Oh, yes. And I went... I stretched down like I normally do. She gets very low. And I hurt my knee. Yeah. And then I said to myself, somewhere I had heard about the, the booty. So what I did for the rest of the game was squeeze my butt. Yeah. And I think it kind of actually helped. Is yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my knee is at per perfectly fine. But I also use red light therapy on my knee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of beautiful and wonderful things that you can do to you know, help uh, when you have injured yourself to help them like red light is great, scrape and tape, you know, uh, mm -hmm. doing cupping, all these different things can help. But we, what we want to think about is uh, a knee, a joint, you know, any joint is controlled by the muscles that cross over that joint. And mm -hmm. so if you think of kind of like uh, a maypole, and then the maypole, you've got all these ribbons coming down from it. And you could go like those ribbons are like the muscles. And so you, if you're not pulling equally on all six of those ranges of motion, forward flexion, uh, side to side and rotation, if you're not pulling equally, like each of the little, you know, the little children with their strings are not pulling equally. If one of them is a bully, then that whole pole starts to deviate. And then that's where you start to have problems. So, uh, you know, you said that everything's connected and it really is. It's, it's almost uh, doesn't happen where there is just a cartilage problem, like a meniscus problem, or there's just yeah. a pulled muscle because yeah. the muscle is connected to a tendon, which is connected to a bone. It's innervated by a nerve. And it's all covered in fascia. 
you know, so I knew you, I said, Annie, you are going to love her. Annie loves everything that you're saying. And I did all the research. So she's just like, ah. <laughs> it is great. I'm really fascinated by the scraping and taping. I know, but that's in our, so I can't wait for us to talk about that. Yeah. Well, let's, you know what? Let's throw our outline to the wind. <laughs> let's go right into it because I'm super curious too. So Dr. C, could you just tell us about the scrape and tape? Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. And it's one of the things that gets people back out on the court quickly. So scraping is, uh, I use a technique, which is, uh, you know, kind of the gold standard in scrapeology. <laughs> um, <laughs> and scrape, scraping is really a an ancient art, you know, from gua sha from oriental medicine where they typically use different kinds of devices, sometimes spoons. Uh, the, the context and the intention of their scraping is a little bit different than the current modern day uh, scraping, but the, mecha the mechanics of it are very similar. You just are taking a tool, in my case, it's got a beveled edge and you're just moving it across the, the plane of the body uh, superficially at kind of a 45 degree angle. And, and what it's designed to do is several different things. You, we have this fascia that is in our body and it, and it connect, that's a piece that connects, one of the pieces that connects everything. If you think of like a, a, a single muscle fiber, I always like to think of it like a, a piece of dried spaghetti and then you wrap that in cellophane, but then you take 10 of those and then you wrap those together and that's like a little mini bundle. And then you take 10 of those and you wrap those bundle on bundle and wrap on wrap together. And then you take that and you put it in all these different directions and then you wrap that. And that's what a muscle is like. So if you look at the, the key muscle in your quadriceps, the rectus femoris, it actually looks like a feather. So all the, the fibers are going in these different directions and they're surrounded and they stay that way because of their attachment with the fascia. But then you take that muscle and then you wrap that in fascia and that's like your thigh compartment. And in the meantime, mm -hmm. you've got to have all the vessels in the lymphatics and the nerves mm -hmm. moving through that and gliding. And so it's all designed to slide and glide. And um, sadly, as we get a little bit older, some of the fluid dynamics and the hyaluronic acid that is kind of our lubricant mm -hmm. starts to not lubricate quite as much. So it's part of why we get stiff. So when you scrape, the goal is to help the superficial layers be able to slide and glide better, which allows the whole system to work better. And then also you have a lot of nociceptive nerves, which are kind of like pain nerves in those superficial layers. So it's kind of like I talk about petting the part. <laughs> you just pet the part. <laughs> okay. you, know, you just go over there and you just scrape it and you give it a little love. And um, you can kind of downregulate some of the sensitivity that our bodies can can um, upregulate when we've heard something. It get, becomes uh, hypersensitive. So the scraping helps to decrease that. And then it also helps with some of the lymphatic drainage. So it works mm -hmm. in three different ways. So it's basically awesome. Well, I'm super curious about the lymphatic drainage because I know that is such a big, just a big piece, component of our health, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so lymph our lymph system is kind of like the trash removal system in our body. Um, so our heart pumps blood. Think of it like the nutrients uh, going to the cells. And then the lymphatic system takes the extracellular fluid and it, it kind of sucks it up into these little vessels. And those little um, lymphatic vessels then are moved 
there's no pump to the lymphatic system. So mm -hmm. the only way that it moves is when we move. Mm -hmm. It's muscular contraction mm -hmm. that allows it to actually move that, that uh, fluid, the lymph fluid forward. And so that is what we need to do. And sometimes, you know, when you see somebody who's torn something and they swell up, that is, that is extracellular fluid. And then that needs to be pulled out ultimately by the lymphatic system. So anything uh -huh. we can do to help that, uh, that's why some of the, I like to use the compression boots, you know, we use Air Relax or Normatec um, that to help, you know, like, it's like wringing a towel, you just move all that stuff out. Mm -hmm. We have those. Kingsfield. We have yes. Kingsfield compression yep. boots. But when I, so I was using them, I've been trying everything for my knees and I just had a lot of pain when I used them. I only used them once. So I'm like, I can't do it. Is that so? Well, you, it, you can, you can put them on too high. You know, there's no, lymphatic, the lymphatic system is very superficial. So you don't really need to crank those babies down. You know, you do that when you want to drive blood in and out because the blood vessels are a little bit deeper, right? But the lymphatic system is superficial, so you don't need to have it on hard. And sometimes um, people make the mistake of like, oh, if a little is good, then twice as much is better. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like a <ball. laughs> We call that extra, extra sauce. <laughs> and we just love extra. Oh, we do. <laughs> as well, you should. <laughs> I feel like we should cheer to extra. We should. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so Dr. C, um, ma'am, with doing the lymphatic uh, draining and doing um, uh, the scraping, yeah. are you to do it every day or should you do it before you play, after you play? What would you recommend on how, like, Annie and I would put that into our pickleball routine? Uh, well, it depends on kind of what your intention is for it. Lots of times, you know, we want to be careful that we don't overstretch right before we play. So the, the concept of like this long static stretching before we play isn't what we want. What we want to do is to get blood into the area so that the body can warm itself up. And then also in getting the blood in the area, we're also turning on that connection between the brain and the part. So our, our neurological communication is better so that we can coordinate a little bit better. So one of the things that I do like to do, there are certain muscles that I really like to use this on before I go play. And one of them is a quadriceps muscle because it's one that gets very tight. And what I found on myself, if I don't, if I don't do a static stretching to completely contradict what I just said, if I don't do a static stretch, like really stretch it out before I have a tendency to kind of, uh, pull it. And then by pull, I mean, you just cause a little bit of uh, micro tears. So what I do is I use the scraper on it. So I like to use rock sauce because it uh, smells good and it's a little spicy. And then also it allows the glide of the, of the tools. So I do that before I do the stretching because that it takes the first line of resistance out when you do this, when you do the, the scraping. So you're getting that superficial layer to kind of like go, oh, okay, I will mellow myself out. Mm -hmm. And so that, so then you can use it afterwards if you've hurt yourself. That's one of the other best ways to have it. You had talked about what do you need in your pickle bog? In your pickleball bag, you know, as a first aid nine one one. So I like three things. Three things. I like to have a scraper, rock sauce, and tape. So if you if you feel at any point like 
uh, you know, you kind of pull something like you just did that, that when you played last time, Annie, you said you kind mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. went over and you felt something and then you use your booty to, to coordinate better. What you can do is take a break, you know, and uh, we're fortunate in MLP, we get 15 minute medical timeout. So we, I do this all the time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you take a break and go, you know, if it's somewhere that's a little spicy, go into the bathroom and take get that rock sauce and put it on there and just use your scraper. And basically, it's you communicating with the brain saying, hello, hello, I hear I've done something. And then it also kind of like helps the fascia to distribute the load properly, because otherwise, when you have a weak spot, the load is preferentially going to keep going to that and like, you know, damage it a little bit more. So if you use a scraper, then that kind of spreads the load a little bit, spreads the love. And then it, the neurological system gets back on track and it doesn't oversensitize. And then you go and put the tape on it. And that works in three different ways, too. Mm -hmm. Similarly to the scraping is that it works superficially as uh, what we call a pain gate. So you put the tape on it. And that sensation of the stickiness kind of overrides the pain sensation, similar to when you, you know, bop your thumb with a hammer and then you squeeze it. And then that pressure overrides the pain. So oh it my gosh, you yeah. friend are amazing. That is interesting. I've always wondered about the tape. Yeah. You know what? I you was using the tape and I was like, ah, it's just BS. <laughs> And you could have it's not, that's not an uncommon thing to, to think. It's just not um, accurate. <laughs> it, totally. And so I would go to um, uh, my PT. They would put it on. And then when I didn't go to PT anymore, I was putting it on my cell. And maybe that's where it kind of came to be, where it was like it probably wasn't put on correctly by myself. Well, yeah. Um, you know, you, you can give yourself a little bit of grace on that because it's almost like kind of like scraping uh, in some sense there, you can't do it wrong, but you can do it more right. Oh. You know, as long as you're not really just, you know, in the scraping, just jamming on yourself, then you're probably not going to cause damage unless you're, unless you're really going after it. And, and that's not the, the purpose of the scraping in general, unless you're trained to do that. Um, but the taping, the taping is great because uh, in addition to the pain gate and reducing the pain, it also helps move fluids through in that lymphatic system. But even more importantly, that all of that stickiness, the adherence and adhesive, it's sending messages to the brain going, hello, I'm here. I'm here. Hello. Look at me. Look at me. Oh. And so the brain coordinates the part better. That's fascinating. You That's describe cool. things really Great. You, oh, thank you really you. do. You know, I hope you don't mind if I segue into something else. Dry needling is something that I have been told to do. And I, what is your opinion on dry needling? Well, I, you know, I think that there are many roads to Rome and there are so many amazing, really like extraordinary ways of helping the body to do its own healing. Because at the final analysis, it's the magic and brilliance of the innate intelligence in the body that that does the yeah. healing. It's not me as Dr. C, it's not the scraping, it's not the taping, it's that it's that innate intelligence in the body that is doing the job. And so needling is kind of like dry needling too is based on the the oriental medicine kind of approach in that not only are they looking at the meridian channels but they're using it to to specifically get the muscle to relax. So I think that you know, I haven't done it and but I I don't discount the the potential that it that it has. Well, something that you have done that we couldn't wait. I've been chomping at the bit is the dynamic cupping. Yes. 
Yes. Well, could you share a little bit about that? I saw the video on your Instagram. Everybody follow Dr. C on Instagram. Do a shout out for your um, name on Instagram. Yes, I am Dr. C underscore the pickleball doc. And definitely do follow me because I'm going to start doing more and more tips and and hacks so that we can all play pickleball till we're 90 safely. That's my goal anyway. (laughs) That's what I want to do. You can all join me in that quest. <laughs> yes, we are signing yes, on right yes, now. Yes. Yeah. So, so the dynamic cupping, its actual name is myofascial decompression. And what distinguishes it from normal cupping, which also we kind of snagged from oriental medicine, they typically uh, put the cups on and then just leave it there. They're, yeah. they're trying to increase the, the blood flow and, and, you know, they have different intentions. Like they're in the framework of how they're looking at health and that elicits a certain outcome that they're looking for. It, with myofascial decompression, what we're looking for is to get a glide and slide between those layers. So when we put the cups on and then we, when we uh, create the vacuum, when we suck it up, we're, we're pulling not only the skin and the superficial fossa, but we can actually pull the muscle up in there. So we, so by doing that, we get to access layers in between muscles, the deeper fascia. And then when we make people go through ranges of motion, then we get to have one layer of a muscle slide and glide on the layer below it, which is incredibly powerful because it's one of the the key reasons that we have pain in any area is that the the fascia is not gliding and doing the thing that it's supposed to. Fascinating. So, and explain to our listeners how you actually do that. I saw a video of you doing the dynamic cupping. I was like, oh my God, I need it. Yes. Yeah. It is. It, you know, sometimes it's miraculous. I will just have to say it's, it is a very powerful, powerful modality um, to increase range of motion. And that's one of the things that gets people back out on the court, you know, like an MLP when they really, uh, you know, need to put the, the pedal to the metal. So what you do is, and everybody, you know, everybody should have a set of cupping tools too. Um, you put the cups on and then you have a, a pump on it that you attach to it and then that pump sucks the air out as a vacuum and so then that sucks the the skin and the fascia and uh the the muscle as well depending upon how hard you pull is depending upon which layer of tissue that you're trying to to get to and then you have the 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 patient go through an active range of motion you know we like if somebody's really uh, hurt themselves then I had one of the pros uh, at the PPA in uh, Takea really hurt their ankle. And so I didn't start by having them go through a range of motion. I started by just using it as kind of a, a decongesting, you know, a little bit of a suck and a little move and a little inhale and a little move to try and decongest the area and turn the nervous system on. But so you can you typically start out kind of passively, have them go through a passive range of motion, then a then a non weight bearing active range of motion, and then you kind of take them into a, a more of a weight bearing, and then you go full Monty, you know, and have them like I like DJ was on that um, on the yeah. Instagram where I was having him actually look like he's hitting a forehand because. Yeah there's a a tensegrity, which means an attachment of everything an interconnection of everything in the fascia. So when you put your, your whole body in the position that is causing trouble, then you change the dynamics of the loads. And so that's the cupping is just awesome. 
Wow. So, okay. Now, could I use that? So my knee is actually from my um, whatever the pelvic bone on each side, you know, the two bone. Yeah. Um, that's always out. And I always have to get that adjusted. Yeah. Yep. So I feel like that is my source of my knee issue. Now, could I use cupping for that? Or is yeah, that absolutely because, you know, your quads and hamstrings are attached to that ilium. They're attached to your pelvis. So if you've got issues in either one of those and those little maypole children are not pulling equally, and that's very, very common, it's probably uh, more often than not, sure. um, you can work on your quads and your hamstrings to be able to get them to be balanced using the cups and going through, you know, you could, you could start just by doing, uh, I'd start by scraping though, just kind of like feel what's happening in the tissue. And then you can put the cups on it as well. You know, you can't over cup. I mean, the, the idea of cup <laughs> is, not, is, not, is not to just, you know, create cupperonis all over your body. That's what we <laughs> Right. Yeah. Unless you want to be the center of attention, which why not? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen so many people at pickleball and I'm like, Oh, you doing some cupping, doing some cupping. <laughs> it, it is kind of the new cool thing, but yeah. <laughs> cool, sometimes cool and, and, and trite and cliche are that way because they deserve it because <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> and, it's, and it wants to be repeated. Right. How fast. I just love it. I, I know just love there's it. so many things that I would just love to dive into. I mean, I'm wondering if you could come over. <laughs> no, we're coming to you. We're coming to you. We have a few people we need to visit out in California. Everybody needs to visit California. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as we are all thinking about the things that we can do to perhaps prevent injury, scraping sounds like that could help prevent as well as help absolutely, if yeah. you've been injured. Are there any other key takeaways that those of us that are just fanatically involved with playing pickleball every second that we can that we should be thinking about to add to our like add to our routine? Yes. Is that what you? Yes. And, and also, you had mentioned for pre that we should not be doing so much static stretching. Right. I love yeah. static stretching. I am a static stretcher. But we have heard of dynamic. We have yes. stretching and we have been advised by some trainers that dynamic is better before playing or during a bye. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, in between in a bye, it's also the time to do a little bit of static stretching because you just finish. And so, you know, when you contract, 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 it's not a bad thing to kind of elongate afterwards. But then mm -hmm. right before you want to do the dynamic, the purpose of the dynamic is really to to uh, drive blood into the area so that the body is kind of got the nutrients that it needs. It's got the electrolytes, it's got everything that it needs in order to perform. And so that's what's really important, as well as the 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 kind of neurological connection. Lots of times people trip and fall, not because uh, they were, you know, just being a dork or it was like a crazy move, but because their brain and their feet were not communicating very well. So that's also the part of the do the dynamic warm up. I like to call it crisscross applesauce, where you're kind of like crossing over, going yeah. sideways, both directions, and then shuffle both directions, mm -hmm. and then do a T where you kind of uh, do a couple steps forward, then, then out, and then forward and back. Um, just to kind of get your brain going, oh, that's right. I, I got to I gotta step it up. I got to move. I got to be able to coordinate all these parts really fast because when a ball comes at you, 
your movement is much faster than your ability to consciously go, oh, maybe that's a little too much. You're, you're gone. <laughs> that's oh, right. <laughs> and we have been known to psych a couple teams out with our dynamic stretching. We have. Uh, I love that. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Our secret weapon. <laughs> Shoot. It's like the, yeah, it's like the pickleball haka. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. I you're so right. Um, okay, so we have a couple more questions. Um, and we always ask one. Um, well, did you ask all your questions that you wanted to ask about before, after, and all that? I wanted to make sure that we... Um, yes, I mean, we could really go on and on. We could have multiple uh -huh. series of recordings with you and to enlighten all of us who are curious and would like to take good care of our bodies. But And our listeners are really into that. But I think they'll get a ton out of that. And... Time has flown by. Yes. And we do have a few questions that we'd like to ask that are fun questions. And before we do that, I know that you have a website as well as Instagram. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. The, and, the website is the pickleballdoc.net. And, um, you know, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> I was out there. I was out there and I thought it looked pretty nice, actually. And she well, it looks that. nice. I just like all the little fancy little shenanigans for download this that aren't 100% effective. So I would, I would recommend, though, that people download the Pickleballer's Guide to Recovery. How to play, how to survive playing one more game five more times. That's such a great headline. And I did see that and I did click on it and it did work. It so, worked. Yes, it did. Yes. Yes. So, excited. so thank you for that wonderful resource. We know our listeners will love that. Yeah. It's very we'll valuable. To that on our website, on our, on our podcast page. Podcast notes. Yeah. You better believe it. Okay. <gasps> okay. So now question to you, Dr. C. Yes. Is, if you could play pickleball socially in doubles with anybody, who would you choose to play with and why? You guys don't even know what spot you're putting me in on that question. <laughs> uh, like, I work with all these people and I, and, yes. you know, this is, this is like ridiculous, but I kind of think of them as my babies because they're all around my kid's age. Oh. And so it's like, which child do you like best? Well, and now we've had, we've had somebody pick pres a president. We've mm -hmm. had somebody pick, there've been like just so many unique ideas. So it doesn't even have to be oh, okay, a player. Okay, then I'm going with Brene Brown. Wait, who's Renee Brown? And, and she also happens to be an owner of MLP, so she should say yes. Brene, so she's waiting. <laughs> <laughs> And like get me through my guilt when I get ahead of everybody and I want to like make everybody feel happy and try and help me when I start to go, oh, I shouldn't be out here. These guys are much better. Or when somebody is, is worse than me and I don't want to make them feel like I have a whole list of neuroses that flare up when I'm playing pickleball. <laughs> so if Brene was there and she could walk me through that, you know, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, all right. Check. We it's going to happen. I love it. Okay, so and Annie has some quick little questions. They're just silly sure. funny. But we always like to know what our guests think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always love this one. Brunch or happy hour? Brunch. We'll meet you in Newport Beach. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. Okay, uh, Starbucks or Chipotle? Uh, nectar green juice. 
Good answer. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, those are fast little quick questions to get to know you a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And we thank you so very much for being our guest. And I cannot wait for everyone to benefit from your resource. It's really very, very helpful. Thank you so much. And we will stop in at our next MLP visit. Yes. yes we're in Dallas. We're in Dallas. Coming up right away. Oh, few weeks. I've got my cowboy boots ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. Love to see you're you there. Coming. Thank you both very much. You're beautiful. You're wonderful at what you do. And it's just been a pleasure and a joy. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. And thank you very much for all that you do for yes. this fabulous sport of pickleball. Not to mention... Mm -hmm caring for people and sharing your knowledge and helping us all take better care of our bodies. And we should probably finish this off with saying, Dr. C, who is your favorite child on the court? Rebecca, I had to add a little spice in there. <laughs> Good try. Good try. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> Thank you again for joining uh, us. My pleasure. Thanks. It was, yes. it was very, it was a lot of fun. Oh, Good. thank and you so much. And we will so see much. you on the court. We will see Absolutely. you on the court. Game on. Game on. <laughs> <laughs> Today's podcast was sponsored by Harbor Wine and Spirits and Empress 1908 Indigo Gin. And a very special thank you to Run, our fabulous pickleball chicks mixologist. We love the exotic coloring and healthy benefits of this drink. Now let's watch Run mix Hello, this baby Hello pickleball chicks. I am Ron, your mixologist from Harbor Wine and Spirits in Mount Minnesota. And today we are going to be making a pickleball Empress cocktail with Empress 1908 gin. And the fun and important thing about this, it is made with butterfly pea flour, which gives it this beautiful indigo color, but when you add acidic products, it will change the color of the gin. So the butterfly pea flour has huge health benefits and antioxidants and all that sort of thing. Um, so healthy drinking as, as we all like. So we're gonna start with a little rimming of the glass. We're gonna use fresh grapefruit slice for that. Start with uh, two ounces of your Empress 1908. This is a two ounce cup, so it's very convenient. Put that in, beautiful blue color. Pretty that way. So if you mix this with non-acidic products, it will stay that color. You can have a lovely blue cocktail. Then we are going to put some Fever Tree grapefruit soda in there. And you want to add that carefully and kind of notice as we're adding it, we're coming up with a little bit of change. Second one going pink on us. The fun and amazing part. And to give it a little pizzazz and sweet juiciness, organic mango juice, also healthy for you. One ounce. Kind of on the side, so we get a little sunset type or sunrise, I guess, action. Which way you're looking, east or west. And just one ounce of the organic mango and then our straws are right down here throw a straw in there fresh grapefruit garnish 
and pickleball chicks, this cocktail is for you. Enjoy. Thanks so much for joining the chicks and special guest, Dr. C. the Pickleball Duck, Dr. Cynthia Bacara. Be sure to sign up for a chance to win a special scraping tool from Dr. C. See the link in our bio to enter. Follow Dr. C on social at Dr. C underscore the Pickleball Duck and Annie and Rebecca the Chicks at Pickleball Chicks with an X. We appreciate your support. If you haven't already rated our podcast on Apple, please do so. It really helps the show. And thanks for sharing us with your friends. We love Pickleball and will continue to bring you content that will help you live your best life on and off the court. Until next time, cheers.